Uh, oh. <laughs> does anybody have a tissue? Hello and welcome to the One Football Podcast. I'm your host, Ian McCourt. There's something about Ronaldo's and finals in the Stade de France. It's like mixing vodka and milk. Luckily for the Portuguese version, however, those tears of pain turned to tears of triumph thanks to Eder, the biggest surprise package since Screech from Saved by the Bell took up porno. Here to talk about the final and review the tournament is Paddy Higgs. Hello. Nico Durban. Hi. Fabian Gorsler. Yo. And Danny Isroff. Bon dia. Nico and Paddy, you must be feeling pretty smug about yourselves right now. Why is that? Well, when we were talking on uh, when was it Friday? Yeah, Friday. I think I think both of you predicted a, a Portuguese win. Nico nailed it. Nico got the one 0 too. I had two one. So uh, he's he's king of the king of the hill at the moment. I think I said one hundred and tenth minute too. Yeah, yeah, about that. Better, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm, 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 no, yeah I might have missed. True. I might have missed that part. Yeah. Um. So Portugal won. We should offer up some praise for them, shouldn't we? Yes. Were they the Were they the deserved winners in the end? Yes. You I mean, they won the Euros, right? I mean, it's the same when Chris uh, won eight years ago in, in Portugal. At the end of the day, if you win the tournament, you deserve it. There's no discussion, I think. I, I, I don't agree with that. I, don't, I, I really, I think, I can't, can't, I don't think you can say just that any team that wins anything always deserves it. Uh, um, I think they weren't the best team in the tournament. You do have to give them a lot of credit, especially to Fernando Santos for, for, for making the most of what he had and, and putting out a game plan that gave the team a chance to win. Um, but even yesterday, I think on the balance of play, if you're completely objective about it, France created more and better chances. And, and obviously Portugal did enough and, 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 and won in the end. But to say that they deserve to win because they won, I think that's a bit flawed. I agree with the first part. I agree that they maybe didn't deserve to win the entire tournament. But looking at last night, I only see one deserving winner from if you're if you're just looking at last night's game and that's Portugal. But I think sometimes we have a difficult we have some difficulty detaching ourselves from expectations. So the the issue here is France are the better team. Everyone knows that they they have better players and they didn't perform up to their standard whereas Portugal probably maybe outperform themselves a little bit but I still think if you if you go back and you look at the chances uh, not thinking about who the players are and who didn't perform and who did I think honestly in my opinion I, I, I would have said France were, were slightly the better side last night and I agree don't get me wrong from a manager's perspective and all that I think France would have deserved it just the same way Germany would have deserved to beat France sure. right mm. But it was a tournament. Um, they played at the end seven matches and Portugal. And there was a pattern, right? There was a pattern. Portugal didn't go up and down, good game, bad game. No, they made their game throughout the tournament. And t this kind of tournament allowed them to win, right? So they played by the same rules. They were not extremely lucky in certain situations. Um, yesterday's goal was a result of their of their fight for example so i think they do deserve at the end to win yeah i mean the stats sort of support your view actually danny i think uh france had double as many shots as portugal so you could you could you know draw from that that it was a game that france perhaps should have won um but i think the 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 grunt work that portugal put in after ronaldo went off was really impressive and i and i really think that 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 they deserve that win, I think, based on that. They just they just bunkered down and really sort of 
build build ahead of that, even though they were missing their biggest talisman. And I think that that response, you know, allows them to sort of have that 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 result. And just one last point: re Portugal and and the whole tournament. They finished in third place in the group. Mm. In in a regular tournament, they they wouldn't have have been at the group stage. And I think, in a funny sort of way, they were appropriate winners for for this tournament, yeah, which sure. I, yeah, I think absolutely. was a very was a very strange tournament. Was it regardless of who won? Was it one of the most boring finals you've ever seen? Because I fell asleep at one stage. <laughs> I didn't oh, fall asleep. We actually no. had a lot of fun. Yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasn't bored. <laughs> I wasn't bored either. Um, I don't know if it was the worst final of, of all time. If you're considering maybe Euro finals, then yes. But if you're looking at all finals in the history of football, there have been some, you know, more boring finals. Also, isn't it? What's more boring? Seeing a early one or two nil lead and just one team playing it. Yeah. Uh, till the end. I think this there there was some tension in there, especially the whole Ronaldo being injured gave it a certain gave it a twist. Uh, it was twice the game, sorry, Dan. It was twice the game um, of the 2004 final. To be honest, the, the Greece win. Oh yeah, it was well, twice that was terrible. The twice the game. So yeah. as Nico said, with the Ronaldo drama, and then waiting and waiting and waiting for this winner. I think it was yeah, it was definitely not the most interesting of games, but it certainly I wouldn't say it was boring. What about uh, the t- tackle on Ronaldo? Did Payet mean it? Was it? Do you think it was orders from Deschamps to sort of <laughs> get stuck in early, or was it just the result of a player who doesn't tackle very often? Well, I think that's the thing, and not to be cliche, but he he's really has no history of those kind of kind of challenges. I think it's a final; the emotions are running high. Um, you want to fly into every tackle. I think that that that's natural, and obviously he's not the world's most experienced tackler. So yeah, I think also, I mean, Payet's not the thug that. Deschamps would turn to if you wanted to enlist someone to, <laughs> right. to hurt Renato, although you know unlikely. So maybe that was part of the you know um, part of the response. But no, just a, a poorly timed tackle. It should have been a yellow. Clattenburg's refereeing has actually impressed me. He's had some big you know some big dates. I uh, thought it was great. Yeah, but he got that wrong. It should have been a yellow, and it would have been a yellow in forty minutes time as well. I'm going to be devil's advocate here, uh, and I have a couple of arguments why it might have been planned. If I were manager, I wouldn't let one of my more defense uh, players tackle Ronaldo because they're more likely to see a yellow card uh, uh, during the match. Mm-hmm. So Payet is actually somebody who can take that yellow card, right? Um, next one is, I don't take the argument of he's not an experienced tackler. He's playing football for, let's just say, 20 years. You have to tackle. You know, you're being tackled and you get him and you, you, you give him away. Full stop. And a tackle like that happens every match, right? You want to give a little punch on that on the on those thighs at the beginning of the match to a playmaker like Ronaldo. That happens. It happens to Ozil. It happens to Kroos in such matches. It's the it's the I'll let you know that I'm here tackle. Exactly. And you know he obviously didn't mean to injure Ronaldo. No. He didn't want Ronaldo to be taken out of the game. Obviously, no player wants that. But. I think it was definitely like okay, I'm gonna slam into him. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna let him know I'm there. So I agree exactly. with you, Nico. Yeah. yeah. Was it a bit odd that everybody felt so much sympathy for Ronaldo? Well, this is the thing, and I was discussing it with a friend actually. It, it's a little bit like the the situation in the NBA with LeBron James, where somehow overnight he's become the underdog, and everyone roots for him. <laughs> yeah. and I think that the even even before the injury, I want to say that 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 that. Uh, Somehow, really, for the first time in his his career, Cristiano actually he 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 had a lot of support from a lot of neutrals, and then the injury and the tears and everything it just completely uh, opened the floodgates. I think. 
I've, I've been banging that drum for a while, guys. <laughs> fair so, enough, fair uh, enough. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, when, when I was watching the, the match last night and he was being carried off in the tears, I did think of you, Paddy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, he, he's probably shown a bit more of his personality um, in the last couple of games, in the last couple mm-hmm. of days. And I think, as Danny said, the... The people who found it very easy to despise him um, have now, you know, the, maybe the hearts chilled, uh, sorry, warmed up a little bit. Um, yeah. Right. I yeah. really enjoyed his antics on the sideline too. Yeah, it's yeah. great. <laughs> I didn't know anymore who was making the calls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it did. It did look like that at one stage. He was he was barraging him out of the way. Maybe there was just a smooth transition in terms of who's the Portugal manager happening right there. Maybe he's maybe he's just going to play for Real and coach the Portuguese national team from now on. Well, one of the things I was thinking actually during the match is how good a manager would Cristiano Ronaldo be? Yeah, he looks to fit in fairly effortlessly. He takes there the attention night. away from his team. You know, he's happy in the spotlight. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he'd be very good, but I think you you do, <laughs> you, you, okay. do, you do have to give him a lot of credit. I think he led his side very admirably yeah. throughout the tournament. He yeah. really uh, uh, it shows an incredible um, evolution and maturation uh, from from when you think about what kind of a player he was as a as a young player um, and really I think without his leadership it's difficult to, to see how they would have made it mm-hmm. made it so far absolutely uh, my nose just started bleeding oh, uh, oh. <laughs> does anybody have a tissue it was all that, it was that oh. oh that's it wait that's it's not a... good oh, okay on? I got it I got it let's carry on I'm a I can do this so real football podcast isn't it isn't it bleeding really nose, yeah injuries during <laughs> <laughs> Um, is there an argument to be made that Portugal almost played better without Ronaldo? We're talking about that after mm. the 90th minute, I think. But at the same time, I feel like Charisma, uh, he did fight. He did actually go in his own half, right? And mm. he actually had a couple of, yeah. of uh, tackles as well. I didn't see the stats for him. It, it definitely galvanized them um, and, you know, uh, probably made them even less attractive to watch. Um, yeah. But uh, it was actually really, it was really good to see, to be honest, to, because we haven't seen much of Portugal in a big tournament, maybe ever, without Ronaldo when he's available. So um, the fact that they could pull off that and, of course, he was, you know, as we just sort of said, he was along the touchline anyway, so he was with them in everything apart from, you know, physical um, but they being. Did but seem, they did seem less experimental and more compact um, after that. So they kind of concentrated on defending even more. Whereas I feel like when when Ronaldo was on, they were still rather just counter-attacking, but um, there was they were just more experimental in, in the offensive. Right, but I feel like that ability to sit deep and frustrate France really... I, I mean, it wasn't their original game plan, obviously, but it, it kind of played into their hands quite a lot. Yeah, at the end, I agree. Um, one of the players who impressed myself and Fabian, we were talking about this earlier, was uh, the Portuguese left-back. Yes, Rafael Guerrero um, signed for Dortmund uh, a while back. I think it was just before the Euro started. And um, it's actually funny because he hardly speaks Portuguese. He grew up in France. He plays in France. Well, he's going to be playing in Germany now. So I think at the beginning he had uh, troubles communicating with um, his teammates. So it's great to see him flourish in that team as well. And um, I mean, you know, football is universal, very cliche, but it was good to see him perform really well. And I think he was probably one of the best left backs in the tournament, I would say. I don't know what you guys think. I agree. Yeah. Any other Portuguese players impress you last night? Rui Patricio was yeah, pretty good, wasn't yeah. he? Yeah, Rui Patricio was good. Pepe was terrific that's, as well. That, yeah. That's the one for me. I think yeah. he's been 
maybe I mean we're going to get to a review of the, the 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 tournament, but he's been one of the top players in the tournament without a doubt. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, while Mario, while Mario was also oh yeah, dropped back a little bit after Ronaldo went off and yeah. did a lot of work that probably a lot of people didn't notice. But um, yeah, those were probably the four standouts for me. I think yeah, and not I noticed there's no mention of Paul Pogba. <laughs> well, Come on, Danny. Well, I know every, Danny. Danny's ready for me, this. So. He's he's ready for this one. No, and I think I mean it was really, really disappointing for for me, and I think for a lot of other people who who um, you know who who like Pogba and appreciate him as a player. To kind of paraphrase the the Toulouse coach, every the table was set for him. I mean, it was really <coughs> it was his stage, uh, and all he had to do was just perform, you know do his normal thing and perform, and he just didn't. And and the thing. Uh, about the final, I've seen a fair amount of criticism of Didier Deschamps for for kind of shackling him into this number six role, uh, w- which he doesn't normally play. But but you still have to expect that he can do the, the things that he does well, even in that position. He 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 didn't control the ball well. He wasn't intelligent in his decision making. His passing wasn't good. He he didn't defend to the to the standards uh, uh, we've seen him, and it's. It's just really disappointing. And, and my, my final point on Pogba, it's maybe a bit early to say this, but but just as an idea, is that perhaps he's one of those players kind of like uh, Leo Messi or like the, the, the Tottenham players for England this summer who thrives in a particular role, in a particular system at club level and just doesn't feel the same comfort uh, at international level. Well, I think the, the key, it's a good point, Danny, and I think how his international career might be summed up at the end is his ability to break out of that. And I think um, Ronaldo is a good example of that. You know, it hasn't, always been, um, it hasn't always been smooth sailing for Ronaldo within the Portuguese team, but he seemed to particularly in the last few tournaments, have at least found his way there. Uh, and I think Pogba's international career will be judged upon his ability to do that as well. Agreed. I think it's going to be his big challenge. Yeah. I mean, you have to remember how young he is as well. I mean, sure. look at yeah. the opposite sure. number in Renato Sanchez. He got taken off as well. Yeah. I think he was, after you know Ronaldo came off, he was the first substitute used by Portugal. 18-year-old youngest player ever to play in a Euro final, youngest player ever to win a Euro. Um I mean, these guys are so, so young as well. And mm-hmm. for Pogba, final at home, you know, mm-hmm. just so much pressure. So you yep. have to consider that as well, I feel. Yeah, yeah I think that's an excellent point. Uh, is there anything Deschamps should have done better or will look back now and say, oh, maybe I should have done that? Yeah, well, it's all easy in, in hindsight, right? I mean, you can say Portugal probably should have played with a, a proper defensive midfielder. Um uh, so I think some of the timing of some of the substitutes was a bit strange. Uh, I don't, I don't know what you guys thought about that. But bringing on Ginac is uh, strange, anyway. Yeah, it was strange. He almost won the game for them. Yeah. yeah. But um, but why not bring on Martial at that uh, stage? I, I, I don't know. I, I got the sense over the tournament he didn't really trust him. He had one sort of um, uh, very mediocre performance when, when mm-hmm. he started a game. But but Deschamps, he never throughout the tournament he never really found the right the right formula to create a lot of incision. Um, given the, the 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 wealth of talent available to him, um, and I think that's the disappointment. I think his his days as uh, France manager are probably probably over. Oh, you think that's it for him? Yeah, I get the sense. Um, I, I think they're going to look to 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 bring someone else in for the next cycle. Yeah. Okay. Well, Roy Hodgson is available. <laughs> he is. Lauren Blanc. Although he probably doesn't need the money these days. Yeah, yeah. it's 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 interesting. Yeah. I think that that would be. I mean, obviously he's managed them before. Yeah. Um, but it's just such a 
you know, s sort of golden generation of mm -hmm. talent. I mm -hmm. mean, just the, the players they have is phenomenal and you'd like to see someone who could come in and, and, and make everything click and make everything work. Okay, let's take a quick musical sting and we'll be back with our review of the tournament. Download One Football, the most comprehensive football app in the world. Okay, with the tournament now consigned to the bin of history, it's time for the One Football review. Let's girdle our loins for a bit of strong arguments here and we'll start with player of the tournament. Before I reveal who you all chose, because we, we all did this blind, you don't know what anybody else chose, I should tell you that UEFA have awarded player of the tournament to... Dimitri Payet. Dimitri Payet. Shocking. That's a terrible decision. Mm. Bye, guys. I go. <laughs> it's too much for Nico. Paddy, you've gone for the same person that Nico and Fab have also gone for. And the argument now then. And that's Antoine Griezmann. Yeah. Yeah. I think he, uh, you know, for a guy who looked really off pace um, in that first game, he really grew into that. He just reminds me of Messi so much with the way he comes from deep. His gravity's low. He's normally, he wasn't so much last night, but normally very, very clinical as well. Good with his head, good with his feet, um, brings players in. Uh, yeah, he was, he was terrific. And I think quite soon we're going to be talking about him in that sort of top bracket um, of, of players around the world. Oh, really? Top, yeah. top three in the world? I would say, yeah, he would be my third my third at the moment. Danny's nodding his head in agreement with you here, but yet Danny didn't pick him as his <laughs> no, player no, of the I, tournament. I'm a, I'm a huge fan. I think uh, he's, he's a phenomenal player and he was definitely in the top three or so in the tournament. Um, but you've I, gone with Tony Cross. Well, let's see. He was, he was on the bench for a game in the group stages. Uh, he basically was, was good in one half of the group stages, uh, Griezmann. Um, and obviously he scored a lot of goals, did really well. I still think he performed at an all-around higher level for Atleti. He, he, he was exhausted by the end. For Atleti, he presses, he does everything. Um, basically, we've, we've seen him play better, is my argument. Uh, Tony Kos did not put a foot wrong the entire tournament, I don't think. I think every game, um, he, he, he's just the glue. He, uh, he does every. I mean, his decisions on the ball, every time he makes the right decision, it's, it's incredible. Um, and I think he, he was kind of the, the, the driving force for Germany, even if that's not reflected necessarily in the, the goals and assist statistics. Well, I think you've been outvoted on this one, though. I think I have, it looks like it. Yeah, we're going to get that. Fab, for team of the tournament, you've gone with Iceland. Yeah, I didn't think they were, they're obviously not the best team in the tournament, but they're the team that, you know, captivated the audience the most. They surprised us the most. Everybody cheered, you know, all the neutrals were for Iceland and they made an otherwise drab tournament fun. Mm -hmm. So that's why they're my pick. And relative to the pick of talent they have. True. That's, that's a really impressive Yeah, I mean, it was incredible what they achieved with what they had. Nico, you've come for Wales? Yeah, I picked Wales. Um, In a sort of similar vein to what Fab's thinking about with Iceland? Yeah, yeah, I think so. And um, I really liked how they played collectively. Um, I've always picked bailed so many did over Ronaldo during this tournament in terms of how he's leading um, his team being such a, a, a standout player um, so yeah I picked picked Wales That's Danny has gone for the the hipster's choice the hipster's choice it's uh, yeah Croatia I thought we're, we're my, my a team that got knocked out in the round of 16 the, he's gone for his team of the tournament they did I think they they, they in a tournament full of let's be honest pretty crap football 
Um, I think they played really, really good football and were, were quite unlucky to go out. I think if they'd been able to get past Portugal, they really could have probably made it all, all the way to the final. Um, and they, they were the, t- the team that I most enjoyed watching, personally. But there's the team you most enjoyed watching and then there's the team of the tournament. Yeah, I think I, I mean, I, yeah, I think they, they played the best football, like I said, and, and, and got unlucky. If we're talking about the team of the tournament, we're going to be looking at the teams that made it to the final. But fair, I, fair enough. I think you yeah. want to be a little... You want to be more interesting than that sometimes <laughs> hipster more hipster but i think it's just tactics and all that don't apply to knockout games the same way there's just such an there's just we say the word lucky and unlucky too often like it cannot be that every knockout game is luck or not like you no, know but I, I that's th- just the randomness of football it just happens you, you yeah, can have sure. 20 shots on target and your opponent has one and you lose right there is nothing to do with that. It's in, in the case of Croatia, it did have something to do with tactics, though, because they they basically didn't counter attack against uh, against Portugal. Portugal, but because they were wary of leaving the space behind them, yeah. and as soon as they did, yeah. they left the space and and Portugal scored. Yeah. Right, um, and and my point was that just tactics they're different in group stage. You can play completely different tactics than in knockout uh, stage, uh, and so on. So. Um, that's just where I, you well, know, why, I, I think, because no, you said they were saying, unlucky, but, and but I no, just want I to think, make an argument I think against there's something unlucky. to be said, and especially particularly in this tournament, I think uh, it, it's been uh, a lot of games have been decided pretty arbitrarily. Uh, I think more more than more I than agree. we're used to seeing. I agree, um, and that, that's obviously it's a huge part of football. Uh, yeah. And um, yeah, you can only sort of control what you can control to a certain yeah. extent. Well, to how, me, how well to you me, play. to me, what often looks arbitrary can be explained. By tactics, in the way Some, that in, in the way that Croatia Portugal. Yes, no, I think I think in that Croatia Portugal, yes, but um, yeah, still, I think I'm, I I really like the Croatia. You're, you're sticking with Croatia. Well, look, Paddy also went for Iceland, so you've been voted out of that yeah. one too. I'm uh, I noticed. Here. I noticed none of you went for Ireland. Yeah. Hot. Yeah. Yeah. Might be a typo. Did you my, go for Ireland? My favorite team of the tournament. Yeah. Oh, I didn't really think about it a huge amount. Who would I go for? I think probably Portugal. Mm. I liked I liked how they played to their strengths. It was a, a very nice blend of youth and the experience of players like Nani and Quaresma and Ronaldo. And I quite like the fact that Ronaldo won in the end. Mm. Just because there was so much hate towards him. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's what I'll go for as my team in the tournament. Other than Ireland, of course. <laughs> Fab... You've also gone for an Icelandic moment for your uh, favourite moment of this tournament. Yeah, when they won 2-1 and the Icelandic commentator... Wait, which match was this again? It's against Hungary. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, when the commentator went crazy and almost lost his voice. I, I'm, I'd like to imitate what he did, but I don't think I can reach the the <laughs> octave that he reached. It you want to give it a go? <laughs> <laughs> it was. It you should was have put insane. a warning in front of that yeah. first. Yeah, <laughs> it was. It was. It was just a great moment, and um, just kind of summed up their story this summer. Right, Paddy, you've gone for something different. Yeah, um, I mean, for, for me, we, we've probably spoken too much about Ronaldo today, but we're probably not going to stop anytime soon either. No, probably. Um, not. For me, you know, we talked about how he sort of overnight almost. Um, found a way to, the, the public sort of changed their opinion of him and I think part of that was the scenes after the Wales game um, with with Bale 
Um, we sort of watched him after the game. They embraced obviously teammates. They've been a, there were rumours that particularly at the start of Bale's Real Madrid career that they weren't necessarily close. It sort of showed a little bit about how he's maybe developed as a person, how much Bale has, has, has done at Real Madrid, but also just the fact that he took that out, took the time out to really sort of get in his ear and who knows what he said. It's a bit like the end of Lost in Translation. We'll probably never know. Um, but it was just a really nice touch and I think um, that was a, a real turning point for the, for the public when they saw that as well. Of course, I already knew, but yeah, yeah, yeah. everybody else. There's people out there who want to know what was said at the end of Lost in Translation. I don't want to know. There's lots of no. theories. To be honest, it was probably nothing. Let's be honest. He probably just whispered a shopping list or something yeah, exactly. like that. Yeah. You've also gone for a Ronaldo moment, Nico. Yeah, but the final. Just the, the combination of him crying when he was uh, taking off the pitch and then uh, holding up the trophy. Yeah. Also quite cliche picking that moment, but yeah. That, that nice. sums, sums up his summer. Yeah, but a sense of redemption for him after it all. Yeah. On to the game of the tournament. Paddy, you've gone for Portugal v Hungary. Yeah, it was probably the only time the tournament felt like it was a bit of fun. Yeah, um, you know, 3-3, three, three, goal after goal. Um, it wasn't the, the prettiest of games. There was some pretty average goalkeeping, some pretty average defending. Uh, even some of the shots were deflected and, and whatnot. But um, I think it was the one time when football just sort of lost, at this tournament at least, just lost its shackles, um, broke through, and it was just good old-fashioned, you know, a crazy game of football. Another crazy game was, of course, the Belgium-Wales. Yeah, I mean, Wales goes down a goal, and, I mean, it was a beautiful goal. But then they come back, they win the game, um, 3-1, and kind of that game kind of showed everyone that, they were there and that they deserved to be there. You know, everyone's talking all oh, Belgium, golden generation, uh, dark horse, maybe even a favorite. Wales destroyed them. And it was great to see. And that was one of my favorite games as well. Well, it also contained maybe my second favorite moment of the entire tournament when uh, Robson Canu did the, the Cruyff turn <laughs> and just left, left the other three defenders going off the edge of a cliff cartoon style. And then he just... Slammed at home. It was the move of the move of the tournament. I mean, <laughs> such a simple, simple trick. And he outplays three guys and then smashes at home. It was amazing. Danny, what did you go for in terms of game of the tournament? I went for the pair of um, Italy wins against against Belgium and against Spain. Two. Yeah. Can did I we let you allowed? choose two? Are we allowed to do that? I don't well, know. Well, I thought they were. I thought they were. They were. They were kind of similar games in in a way. So okay, make so. your case then. Well, I think. I think, like I've kind of been saying, that the tournament has been devoid of a, a lot of quality and and um, particularly marked by teams with absolutely no plan. And Italy just came in with such a plan and such a sophisticated idea of what they were trying to do. Um, uh, against two opponents who, who are probably better on paper, or definitely better on paper. Uh, and, and for me, that was just wonderful to see. They brought some of the sophistication of, of club football uh, into the tournament. Um, and it was, for, for me at least, it was really unexpected. I think some a lot of people, including myself, had underestimated them. A lot of people, yeah, yeah you're right. Uh, as for best goal, three of you have picked the same one, except you, Nico. Huh. Which one did you guys pick? Shakiri, obviously. Ah. <laughs> yeah. Well, did, you, I, did you forget about that one? I didn't really forget about it, but yeah. It's, <laughs> but you did. I, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I went for Ronaldo's back healer. Yeah, that was a good goal too, but it wasn't Shakiri's. No. It wasn't the bicycle kick from outside of the would box. You, would you change your, your answer now? Can I? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's unanimous. 
<laughs> okay, moving on to biggest disappointment of the tournament. Paddy, you've gone for England. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, should they be a disappointment? You know, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's disappointing right for no disappointment. You know what I yeah. mean? It's expected. Um, but I think there was a lot of, as there always is with England, but there was a, some renewed hope that with these youngsters or younger players that had had really good seasons for their clubs, played prominent roles, England weren't relying on the old hands that they had in, in previous years. Um, um, and then hence, you know, uh, just a real disappointment with how they performed and, and where they where they ended up. As disappointing as Mario Goethe, Nico? Um, well, for me, as a as a, a German, not as disappointing. More kind of, I, I watched them happily, mm-hmm. and I it was enjoyable. It was enjoyable, exactly. <laughs> Whereas Mario Goethe was not enjoyable this tournament. I'm sorry, Mario. I had my hopes up for you, and I thought you're gonna break through. Um, and I hope maybe you do in two years. But until then, uh, that wasn't that wasn't a good tournament, Mario. No, he was really disappointing, and he seems to have even lost the faith of Löw, and Löw being one of his yeah. his bigger fans, he stuck by him when a lot of other coaches wouldn't. Um, he's really got a lot of work to do. Uh, he looks a bit overweight at the moment. Um, he's been linked with Tottenham, but I think today, new story that he might be going back to Dortmund. I'm not even sure that Dortmund, yeah. it's a wise buy unless they get him back. They don't need him. He needs he needs Klopp back, Götze. I think Klopp is the only manager. Um, that could bring him back to his to his form right now. I mean, there might be another manager out there, but that's all just that's some sort of a gamble. Um, and as Petty said, he looks overweight and he kind of lost the fun of football. Like mm. he's kind of overcoached and everything. You know, you see that everything he does is constructed and forced. He's just not like playing as freely anymore. I mean, he reminds me a lot of Lukas Podolski in that I think the step to Bayern was just maybe a little too soon. Yep. And now he's kind of wasted a few years, um, didn't really want to leave. <sighs> you know, should he go back to Dortmund? That's kind of admitting failure. Mm-hmm. But he also doesn't seem like the, you know, he doesn't. He seems like he's lost his confidence to even try something new. That's kind of why he wanted to stay. He's comfortable and he just, he just needs a new environment, I feel. Well, like. by all accounts, he doesn't want to leave Bayern. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right on, in that respect. But Bayern are fairly desperate to get rid of him. Yeah. yeah. He needs more like a second-tier club for now, outside of Germany. Maybe Serie A or something. Why not? Well, when players are struggling in serious leagues, just send them to Serie A. They'll recover their form. Yeah. Marco yeah. Royce will sort him out. A little bit of Marco Royce back in his life and he'll be okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Fab has also gone for um, a German player's the biggest disappointment of the tournament. Thomas Müller. Mm. I mean, you know, he he fought hard, he tried, and I just think expectations for him were much higher than for Mario Götze. Götze sure. came in to the Euros, you know, not having played a lot. Everyone was like, okay, you know, will he play well? You know, they were questioning it, but for Thomas Müller, it was like, okay, this is the Euro where he's going to win the top score, kind of like he did at the World Cup. Um, and it just didn't happen. Maybe it was just too long of a season. Uh I, I don't know, but he just, yeah, he just disappointed me. His season was at least one uh, match shorter than that of Antoine Griezmann. Yeah, Griezmann I, still scored. Yeah, but I guess it's different different physicalities, I guess, and different bodies. Yeah, and, okay. and some things can, can take wear and Fair tear. Fair enough. And he had, he had his shots on target, Thomas Müller. They just didn't go in. And, you know, 
Sometimes he, he just puts him in with his shin or with his nose or whatever. <laughs> um, and this time he didn't. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Okay, Danny, you went for Spain. I did. Uh, Spain, uh, second, second, of course, to Paul Pogba, who we talked about earlier. But um, uh, yeah, Spain, I think... Uh, the disappointing thing for me is is that I, I really like I was saying in the in the preview um, podcast of the tournament. I think that they have, still have a really exceptional squad of players, and, and they seem to almost lose the drive to win, ha having been so successful for so long. Um, and and for me, that's a kind of uh, disappointing attitude, and in in sort of stark contrast to to the the the, the desire that we saw from from Portugal, um, and we saw in in flashes. I think they'd be Turkey 3-0 wasn't it? am I remembering that right um, that, that they could be really really good and they, they just petered out against Italy I think that defeat to Croatia knocked the stuffing out of I, I think so I too. think if they had a kept if they had a won that they would have kept up their momentum they, and they would have gone they, a lot they further they also would have been in the other side of the draw yep um, which I think could have really changed things but yeah really really disappointing for me hey speaking of changing things next time up Paddy what do you want to see is different I think we can all agree that this format was pretty ordinary. Um, Disaster, actually. Yeah. I think. It, it's either, I can think of eight teams that you could add to this Euros um, to make it a far better tournament. But of course, then what's the point of qualification? I mean, you're just playing to, you know, you're just playing Malta or Gibraltar, you know, to get in. So the, I, I honestly think that this can't work. Being in the middle, being this halfway house of a tournament, just doesn't work for me. And they need to go back to what it was because it, it just inspired mediocrity, defensive football, and that's exactly why the tournament was as poor as it was. Everybody agree that it was a poor tournament? Yeah. Yep. Anybody else make any changes to it? Well, just one thing I wanted to say for, for the next tournament, it, it's not a change per se, but it, the next tournament, as we know, is going to be spread sure. across Europe, um, w which I, I really don't support. I don't think that's no. a good idea at all. And I think um, it, it kind of loses the flavor and the fun and everyone traveling to France and being there together and uh, pr producing all, all these great moments there. Um, and I'd really, I know it's, it's too late, it's not going to happen, mm. but I really hope... Uh, for the next tournament that they go back to hosting it in, in one country. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm a big fan of kind of connected Europe and all that, mm -hmm. right? But I just, I can't imagine how those organizations work together and organize safety and the whole logistics behind that. I mean, um, we know how hard it is. It's been really hard for France this year. We saw the moth in the stadium yesterday, right? That shows how much effort they put into safety and so on, right? And you have to make calls. So I have no idea how that's mm. how that's gonna how that's gonna work. Yeah, it's, unfortunately it was a lot easier to get rid of Patini than it was to get rid of his legacy and I think that his parting <laughs> gift is oh. is gonna be a, a monstrosity of a tournament. And the other fun thing about Platini, wasn't it him with the twenty four teams in, in the beginning? Yeah. Probably. So yeah. if if uh, you know if it hadn't been twenty four teams, France would never Portugal would never have been in the yeah. final. France yeah. might have won. <laughs> Perhaps the only never know. other way, and this is just tossing out here, um, to have twenty four teams is to have four groups of six and the three um, in each go through, if that makes sense. Well, that's a suggestion. Yeah. yeah. I, I, you, but still, it's still confusing, you know. It's well, still... they're not going to go back to 16 teams. They're not going to admit failure. Mm -hmm. And so UEFA is going to keep going with the 24 teams. And I think you can keep the groups as they are. Only the top two teams go through. And the best four first place teams get buys. So you've got a round of eight with four having a buy. And then the four winners go through and play those four with a bye. And then you're back into the quarterfinals. So you kind of have two quarterfinals, mm. if that makes sense. 
So there's an incentive to to finish top. Exactly. Because that would would bring out a lot more attacking football, and it gets rid of the stupid third best third place teams. That, that kind of sounds like Formula One um, ten years ago when they started just adding weird rules to make <laughs> things more interesting and so yeah. on. Keep it simple, guys. It worked for 50 years. It will work another 50. Right, but they're not going to go back to that. That's what I'm saying. If they're going to yeah. continue with the 24 teams, I think this is a better solution than having third place teams go through. On paper, yes. Okay, that's all from us today. My thanks to Paddy, Nico, Danny and Fab and our producer Damien. That's all from us until the start of next season. But you can get the back catalogue on iTunes and be sure to check out One Football in the App Store. Thanks for listening. Let's